Hello and welcome back to another episode of the 104 Podcast on your regular Sunday routine. This is a podcast about the Evans and Oilers in a healthy and productive manner. My name is Herman Vijegas. On my left this time uh, is a man that's moving up from the fourth to the second line, just like our man Jujar. Elliot Tanti. You know what? I could play every position. I could play on your left side. I could play on your right side. I can go down the middle. I, I'm pretty <laughs> decent in goal. Uh, left defenseman, right defenseman. It doesn't matter. I'm not gonna. I'm not just gonna punt it off the glass and out. I'm gonna make the first pass. Okay? You gonna make that first pass? You gonna you gonna keep possession? You gonna keep possession? You gonna keep it up? I like how many cliches we work into these opening. Things. I love doing the opening. Yeah. <laughs> As you, know, you can I'm, tell, I, I always give 110 percent effort. Mm-hmm. You know. Get, get pucks in deep, man. Yeah, forechecking. It's board work, really. It's really board work. It's really yeah. board work. <laughs> it's brought in a lot of fundamentals. <laughs> Dude, we had yeah, a, we had right, a, We've lost like seven listeners already. <laughs> like, <laughs> turn off. <laughs> We're done with this. <laughs> it's like, all right. Listen. It was like, great show, except for the openings are <laughs> weird. <laughs> Listen, we have fun here at the 104. Absolutely. Uh, we This is a, a really decent Oilers week, um, mostly because my prediction was absolutely correct. Uh, so let's get you into You know the- what, Herman? A broken clock is right twice a day, okay? <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. It's rude, but all right. We got to get into the recap. So it was an awesome week for our Edmonton Oilers. Mm-hmm. Uh, not awesome, but really good week. Good. <laughs> they went into this week on a four-game winning streak, correct? And then went into Dallas. Um, four-game losing streak. And it was like, you know, they'd beaten Dallas earlier in the month, one nothing in a hard-fought game. That was right around when um, Ken Hitchcock took over. But the game did not go so well for them in Dallas as Connor McDavid got sick, as we'll talk about a little bit later, mm-hmm. and the Oilers fell down 3 nothing. They did manage to get one back, but Dallas ended up closing them out 4-1. A uh, bit of a scary time, and I think uh, confirmed a lot of the fears that Edmonton Oilers fans have, and maybe we can talk about this a little bit later on yeah. when we talk about McDavid being sick, but like, can the Oilers win if McDavid, anything, God forbid, happened to Connor McDavid? And so that's like an interesting question and conversation yeah. to be had at a later date For or sure. later time. Um, so after that, the Oilers were off to St. Louis, another team that used to be coached by Ken Hitchcock. I yeah. Mean, I think that, we've played more teams <laughs> that have been coached by Ken Hitchcock than not, right? Like, I think so, right now. I, it's crazy <laughs> since he started it. Um, he's an old man. He, he gets he, He's been around. He's <laughs> he's played a lot of he's, played, he's coached a lot of different teams, a lot of different teams twice actually. Absolutely. Um, and what was an outstanding game that I like did that awful thing where I was just texting you updates about the game, <laughs> real thinking that you were watching the game but you weren't. Um, Listen, I'm, I don't mind. You can you can send me you can send me frowny faces and I know exactly what that's going means. on. Yeah. <laughs> so it was an awful first ten minutes of the game in which they were totally dominated. Fell behind two nothing, and then clawed their way back. Mm-hmm. They ended up scoring. They had an outstanding second period. They scored a goal to make it two one. Um, Talbot started that game, kept them in the game for two one. Uh, battled hard throughout the entire third period, and with thirty seconds gone, Ooh. Clef Daddy is that Clef Bombs music? Oscar on a one timer from the point, got it through, scored the goal, tied it up, and then the game went into overtime, and then ultimately a shootout. 
and our Oilers pulled it out with some outstanding shootout moves. Was this from, was this a game that like they didn't they didn't deserve to win and they won? Um, no, I disagree with that. I I mean I think they had an awful first 10, 15 minutes or so yeah. of the game. Like their first period was not good, but they outplayed the Blues in the second period for sure. And then it was a toss up in the third, and they managed a way to find get that second goal. I mean I think. It wasn't one of those games. Talbot had to be good, but not mm-hmm. amazing to keep them in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, he had some stone cold saves. He had, he, had some, he had some big saves, but it was nothing like that was too... Like, he didn't... You know, it wasn't like a 45-save performance or anything mm-hmm. like that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they did actually play really well as a team as once they found their game. Um, they can be a team of slow starts, but hey, you know what? Okay. When it, they You can't complain after a win like that, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Two points is two points. Then, Friday night, Minnesota was in town, uh-huh. and our and Oilers beat them pretty badly, 7-2, <laughs> although ushered them this out of game there. looked as though, th- I think that game was, that score is not really as, like... Indicative to what they what Yeah, because it was. looked like, I, I didn't see this game, but I watched a lot of the recap and was following kind of like the conversation on Twitter and stuff, and it seemed to me as though... Um, what was actually going on here was that Talbot was playing outstanding. The Oilers got out to a quick early lead, 3 nothing against Devin Dubnik, who was atrocious. He looked like Devin Dubnik of old, if you know what I mean. <laughs> he goes back to Edmonton. He's yeah. like, Which is good because I'm, 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 I'm like not... Because remember when he first left and he was just like shutouts every game and was so lights out against the Oilers? Yeah. Um, no, so he was really not that great. Really, really not that. It was a flashback performance for for Devin. He got pulled within the first ten minutes of the first period, and then Minnesota really came on, made it three one. Seemed like they were pushing Talbot to make a bunch of saves. Uh, got into the third period, and the Oilers just kind of let loose. Started with mm-hmm. a Cassian shot that was outstanding. I from saw like that just that inside the. Uh, uh, but one, the goalie probably should have had that. Made mm-hmm. it four one, and that kind of put the game away. Uh, and then they just kind of, you know, McDavid and Drysaddle. When you give them a little bit of space, and you're pushing to try and make plays, and they're Ooh. on the ice. And the McDavid goal was fantastic. Yeah, someone called it like it's like when you're NHL 19 character, you're just pushing for that NHL 19 <laughs> character to score. Yeah, he just yeah, like yeah, skated yeah, yeah. like three people three and people. just shot. Yeah, <laughs> and, like fake shot and then shot again. Yeah, just like goes in the goalie like is just standing it's like, there. Like what, yeah. what am I doing? It's good. So ultimately, two and one this week, which is exactly as you said your prediction. Not even that. Exactly the games I predicted. By the way, yes. Just just putting it out there. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. <laughs> Things got a little bit dicey in St. Louis, but yes. hey, you know what? They pulled it out for you, so you can't complain, right? That's right. I well, I mean, I can, but <laughs> but it's, uh, we'll we'll get into that actually in our strength and opportunity section. Elliot, who was your strength this week? Uh, you know who played outstanding and was so involved in the game. I thought was Ty Ratty. Um, he mm-hmm. seemed to found uh, his game under Ken Hitchcock. It was a little bit tough to begin i know he's coming back from injury there was lots of speculation as to what was going to be happening with him especially because of the great start to the preseason that he had and then he got hurt it's just been kind of a weird year um but he seems to be back at that level that he was playing at in the preseason um he's quick he's physical he's outstanding along the boards um He's had lots of opportunities, and he's really, you know, I think he's really, there's a lot of competition for that bottom three kind of, yeah. that third, that fourth that line. The wingers, especially in the wingers. Uh, especially in the wingers. Yeah. Um, and to see him have success and opportunity and sort of solidify his spot for right now was awesome to see this week. Yeah, I really like Ty Ratty's game lately, uh, which was interesting because there was a little bit of speculation when uh, Ken Hitchcock came into the Oilers because Ty Ratty used to play with Ken Hitchcock back in St. Louis. Um, 
And he oh, did, I didn't know that. Yeah, he didn't really give him much of a shot. And there was worry that this was going to be the same thing in Edmonton because he was uh, benched a couple. I think it was the first game or there, or something along the lines where he wasn't given the amount of ice time. I think it was ice time was like five minutes in one game. Um, but then he's giving him the opportunity this time. And I think Raddy's either <laughs> either out of fear. <laughs> I don't know out what it fear. is. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but he's been playing really well. He's really has. And uh, he's solidifying himself into that lineup and solidifying himself, um, trying to really hard to move back into <clears throat> that position of dominance which he had in the preseason. And, uh, um, yeah, good on Ty Raddy. He's, he's making an effort, and I, and I really appreciate that. And it's something that hopefully all the, the other Edmonton Oilers can look towards, you know? Well, I think if you just do the things that Ken Hitchcock wants you to do, and I know that's easier said than done sometimes, yeah. uh, you can shave have your success. You, yeah, yeah, shave your sideburns. You can have success... Uh, and and stick around on the team, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's some players that transition is really quick. I think guys like Ryan Nugent Hopkins is like really quick, and probably kind of plays a Ken Hitchcock game. Anyway. Exactly, yeah. Um, that wasn't going to be a big change, him. but guys like Puliyarvi and Raddy, there's a little bit of a learning curve there, and that's fine, right? Like that's anyway. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, who was your strength this week? Oh man, it's got to be Cam Talbot. I, I ragged on man, him like three weeks in a row of her goalies. For goalies, right listen, now. I I gave him an opportunity uh, last week. And he pulled through. He was listening. You know, Cam, <clears throat> I appreciate that you listen to the podcast. And uh, The entire time, this is their hype-up music. Yeah, absolutely. Game, yeah, you're right? like, wow, okay, yeah, and all those guys know what they're talking about. Um, Cam really worked very well in these two games, in the St. Louis game and the Minnesota game, to kind of establish himself back and say, like, listen, I'm still here. Um, Koskinen did not have – well, I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, but he – he got the loss in Dallas, and then he came back. Cam came back in St. Louis. Pull out, like you, you mentioned, it wasn't a dominant performance, but <clears throat> looking at the highlights and looking at the he made it say he made saves when he needed to. Exactly, yeah, like he, he made the, he kept it two one for a long part of that a long like extended period of that game. Exactly, sure. and he you know he had a couple of breakaways that he stopped, and uh, there was some definitely some some moments where he kept the Oilers in the game. And, and when you talk about in Minnesota as well, he was. Um, a dominant force in that game. He was. He looked like the Cam Talbot of old. He looked like the Cam Talbot that was confident and that was like, I'm stopping this regardless of whatever. It was say. like he, the Oilers got three goals and he's like, okay, you guys did your part. Now I'm going to do mine. Exactly. And it doesn't matter how many more you get. I'm not going to let more than two in. And that was sort of what he did. And you know, we've been talking about this a lot. Ken Hitchcock talks about this a lot in, mm-hmm. his, in pre and post game things. But it's a three. It's a three goal league. If you get three goals in this league, you're probably going to win more games than you lose. Absolutely. Um, and you know what? They're playing in a way that that's kind of the case, right? Yeah. They won three two to St. Louis last week. Yeah. They won well seven two, but it was really like. <laughs> I mean, like, and then they lost. I mean, they lose four one in Dallas. That's a three goal game too, right? So that's like it's very typical. So Cam Talbot did a really good job um, this week. And I'm going to flip it to you to tell me who your opportunity is. Yeah, this is like, <laughs> you know what, to be honest with you, it's tough to even find people it was. who have an opportunity. Because the team is playing. Yeah. I think even though they lost, like you can't win every game. They lost to Dallas. Um, they are actually playing really well as a team. But I'm going to, you know, the easy one this week, and I'm going to take to take it is to say that Koskinen had a rough week. He and did. it was just he lost. He played one game. Yeah. He lost to Dallas. Um, I think I don't actually think he played that poorly. It wasn't that. It was yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, it was probably that third goal that was a real backbreaker for them. Uh, I think you know you could see if it, if he keeps it two nothing, the Oilers score that one goal. It's two one. All of a sudden, it's a very different game. As we saw in St. Louis, that was basically exactly mm-hmm. what happened. Um, whereas Cam Talbot was making the saves to keep it a two one game in uh, 
in in St. Louis, in St. Louis, yeah, in Dallas, uh, Koskinen wasn't doing what he needed to do. So that's yeah, a disappointment, right? Absolutely. And I mean, like again, it w- an opportunity. I had I had Koskinen on my strength last week. He was really good last week. Um, so again, we're talking about a, a two goal tan. I mean, a two goalie tandem here in Edmonton that that both of them are able to win games properly, and both of them are able to win games um, in a way that's important and fun possible. So. Yeah, uh, making sure that uh, uh, that we both that you know the Oilers are solid in goal, and <laughs> Koskinen is making. Uh, he didn't have a good week, but he, he's he's making my he's making me eat my lunch in this in this prediction <laughs> at the start of the season. So, uh, so good for 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 Miko Koskinen. Um, for myself, it was Chris Russell. Chris Russell wasn't. The best <laughs> this week. Yeah, imagine that. You're. I was. I was <laughs> I'm down on Chris Sorry, Russell. This is the yeah, first time I, ever. I, we're gonna go with Chris Russell. Like I said, right? I, I told you. I was. I was. Uh, I've been behaving this season. Okay. So <laughs> 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 this is the first time I played Chris Russell on my opportunity. Um, again, he's not my favorite defenseman. I, he, he gets paid too much to do what <laughs> okay, he does. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We get it. We get it. But this week. Out of all the too def- much for too long. Right? Out of all the defensemen, I mean, Matt Benning, I think, was was probably worse than Russell. But at the same yeah. time, like we we ragged on Benning last week, and we didn't want to do that again. Um, so, uh, Chris Russell, again, I think can be a little bit better. Can push to be a little bit better. Uh, Nurse was, was was again a dominant force in this week. Yeah, Clefbaum had those game winning goals. Adam Larson played even a little bit better game as well too this week. So I mean, like, oh, Larson had a much better week than last week. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, like, our little four, like Chris Russell, like that's the person that we're gonna bang on. But I mean, again, nothing, like, outstandingly terrible. But that's my opportunity for you, Chris Russell. But get those game-winning goals. Maybe they'll, maybe I'll put you on my strength. <laughs> <laughs> he needs a game-winning goal for him to make your strengths. So Listen. <laughs> Get some good stuff. I mean, stuff the thing with Chris Russell, right, is like, and this is, you know, I, this is going to show you where I am on this side of the debate. Is the guy can have like five, four or five straight like solid games, and then has one bad game in a week, and everyone's putting him on their like opportunities list. <laughs> and there's a certain generation or a certain Oilers, oh, Oilers fan snap. that really likes to do that. Um, so, yeah, calling people I mean, out I, I, like that. That's uh, that's all I have to say on that topic. <laughs> <laughs> on that, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to talk about what's coming up and our predictions, because I can't stand us anymore. <laughs> Busy week coming up for our Edmonton Oilers. Tonight, this Sunday, the Edmonton Oilers will face uh, the Calgary Flames in I'm a game I'm very much looking forward to watching, because be interesting. the last Calgary-Edmonton game was rough. Was rough, and like <laughs> came to blows. And I know um, there is... Man, it's just nice to see like that rivalry sort of mm-hmm. coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, last the last game was a Saturday nighter, and the Oilers lost. They were up, I think, two nothing and losing three two or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Right? That was right before. <laughs> that was kind of part of that skid that led to Todd McClellan losing his job. Anyway, yeah, <clears throat> um, it's a game to watch. It'll be a game to watch for sure, for sure. And I think it'll be interesting as well too because there were some media members that got really upset as well. I know Bob Stoffer got really upset at Eric Francis, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is interesting." Really? <laughs> yeah. There was an article that Eric Francis, who was a reporter for the Calgary Flames, was saying that after the game, um, I think he was talking about Kachuk, and then Bob Stoffer. He said he said a local media um, broadcaster who was attached to the Oilers. I was like, "There's only one person." Yeah. That yeah. 
yeah, yeah. Um, and he's he says like, well, your guy turtled. He's like, why did your guy turtle so much? <laughs> so it was Bob Stoffer. <laughs> no, those two are gonna meet in the press box after too. Yeah, yeah. Have some words. <laughs> um, so it's a busy week. This Tuesday, then mm-hmm. the Oilers will be at Colorado. Uh, against a very good Colorado team. I didn't realize Ratnan had 48 points. Yep. McKinnon has like 45. 45. Yeah, They're both of the which have more dynamic, points than McDavid Dynamic right duo. Yeah, so that's outstanding. Yeah. Uh, that would be an interesting game to watch. And then a very good Winnipeg team. The others go fly and play on Thursday. Um, man, the, this is uh, the more I look at the schedule, the tougher this week looks. Man. So the last game that they played against Winnipeg, I don't know if you remember, they were down four one and then they won five four at the end. Yes, it's one of those crazy games that the Oilers got out that like got out a win for. So yes, uh, I wonder if Winnipeg is thinking about that or not. <clears throat> but at the same time, Winnipeg, I don't know Edmonton. Winnipeg had Edmonton's number for a bit. But I think this 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 could be a good a good game as well too. Oh, I think it's going to be a great game. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I love our Oilers' chances in it, but <laughs> it's going to be a great game. Yes. And then Philly comes to town Friday night, and think, that's going to be tough because it's a back to back. They play in Winnipeg on Thursday, and then they're back in Edmonton for a game against Philly on Friday. Yeah. Do you think Gritty's going to come? Who? You think Gritty's going to come? I don't don't think Gritty's going to come. No. <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> If I saw that thing like on the street, I would actually be like horrified. Oh, I would be scared. I would. I think I'd like give him a hug. I don't know about that, man. <laughs> like, yeah, I could say some inappropriate <clears throat> things about what Gritty looks like, but I'm not going. To. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna take the high road on this. The cool thing about Philly as well is that um, the cool thing, interesting thing about Philly. So they just fired their general manager, yeah. Ron Hextall. Um, I don't know who they brought in. It was Just a sort of surprising sh- move, right? Fletcher. Very surprising because especially with their um, – people don't usually fire their general managers midseason unless they're, they have somebody in mind. Yeah. Um, also, Dave Hackstall, their coach, is still there. Yeah. Um, very interesting because people – I don't know. I think Hextall didn't do a terrible job. <laughs> so it's, it's an interesting scenario that's well, going he's on in there Philly. For a long time. Like I, he just made. I think he was one of those guys. He was really good at making like big moves, mm-hmm. like that involved multiple players and multiple teams. And um, I think the league is slowly moving away from those types of deals. And I think it got harder and harder for him. Like you have to build your teams from like the ground up through the draft, through signings. And um, I mean, and I don't think that's necessarily that. thing. Yeah, I guess he has too. Yeah, he's got he's got a lot of great young players. You and just agree. With the firing, then I don't know if I agree with it, but at the same time, like that's Philly. I, I have a friend who is a Philly fan, and he was upset that that Hextall got fired. So, so you've uh, been influenced. I've been influenced, yes, <laughs> by my friend. Uh, shout outs to you, Shigs. Um, anyways, Philly's coming. Uh, the one good thing that's interesting to watch in Philly as well, too, is the play of Wayne Simmons. He's coming up on a contract year, and the Oilers are very, very, always very interested in Wayne Simmons. So Yeah, it seems like Wayne Simmons always comes up. Yeah, so it's interesting to see what will happen with Philly. So a good, a good interesting week in regards to uh, who we can look out for. We have a battle of Alberta, Colorado, you got McKinnon and Rattanen. Uh, Winnipeg's always going to be a battle, and then Philly's coming up. So what's your prediction for this week? Two and two. I'm going to go, they beat Calgary. Because they will. They lose to Colorado. They beat Winnipeg. They lose to Philly. Weird. Okay. I yeah. was. I think two and two is probably pretty safe. I think the Oilers would be lucky to get two and two though this Ooh, week. Ooh, interesting. Uh, no, there's like three really good teams here yeah. in Philly. That's like you know, is volatile. I think I'm going to go one, two, and one. They're going to beat Calgary. You need <laughs> overtime points. Yeah, I, I was. I was using the <laughs> overtime points. That's a difference maker. 
Uh, they're going to beat Calgary. They're going to lose to Colorado and Winnipeg. And then they're going to lose to Philly in overtime on Friday Ooh. on a hard-fought back-to-back night. I think it's that, that back-to-back. And you got the tougher team first. Are you I think okay, buddy? It's tough. Are you okay? Yeah. This is two weeks in a row that you've gone negative. I'm just a realist, okay? <laughs> I'm just realistic. Look at that. When Winnipeg's in Colorado are probably both better teams in Edmonton. Right. Calgary is going to be a hard-fought game. You've got a tough back-to-back this week. I mean, I, you know, I think the others wouldn't... If they end up 2-2, two and two, they'd be very lucky and be very happy to be 2-2 two and two after this week. Don't you think? I think so, yeah. I so think- I just go on the negative side of that. <laughs> Watch them be like three and one. If they're three and one. You know what? The nice thing about always making negative predictions is that either you're right or there's one lot more games. It's, it's so a win-win. That, win. It's a win-win, right? That's good. That's a, that's because if you make like, very I, much I, like what I learned Twitter. early in this season is if you go four and zero oh, and then they go four and zero, oh, it feels great and it's awesome. But if you go four and zero oh, and they go zero oh and four, not only does it suck, but you have to watch four games that they lost and that sucks too. That's so true. you know what? You gotta like you yeah, gotta temp- manage your temperate, risk. Temperate, temperate. Manage your I think risk. those four and zeros at the start really influence your new predictions coming up. All right, let's get into the news in a little bit here. (laughs) All right. All right, so for news and note, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of news. We've had our biggest news week uh, two weeks ago or three weeks ago. Uh, It wasn't much news. This this week is even worse for news. (laughs) There's not a whole lot. Two really big ones, maybe big ones. Um, McDavid was sick for one game. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it, and I think it was he was sick for one game, so he missed obviously he missed that Dallas game. But I think it was part of a larger conversation that we need to continue having here in Edmonton around whether this team could win if something happened for, if he was out of the lineup for an extended period of time. That was an interesting lit, litmus test with uh, with Dallas, uh, and they lose the four one. And it was one of those things where <clears throat> Edmonton could have easily been like, no, we can beat, we can win without McDavid, we can win with Drysaddle and News and whatnot. And actually, I think the Oilers didn't play. Like, I didn't see that game from it all. Everything that I've heard, they actually played pretty well. They probably needed a couple more saves, and that would have been it, right? Yeah. So maybe if Talbot or, I mean, if Cosman was playing better, maybe they would have wanted to get a game. But it's interesting to see, like, the the panic that kind of ensues without McDavid in the lineup. Yeah. He played 400, 244 games straight yeah. um, before he got sick, which is interesting because he was sick last year. Um, he should have been out for a couple games. Yeah. Um, but he didn't. He stayed, uh, which is a long stretch of a period to play straight for McDavid. And we're talking also like World Championships, and we're talking about like the World Cup of Hockey as well too. Yes, stuck yeah, in the middle totally. as well. Not to mention a playoff run in there as well. Yeah, exactly. So um, it's it's an interesting uh, thing with McDavid. I'm glad he took the the, the day off. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it sucks that we lost, um, but it's interesting. It's a very good litmus test to figure out what it is that the Oilers have. Because imagine, like, I'm just going back to the, to the you know, I'm a draft guy. Um, yeah, the 2015 draft, <clears throat> if the Oilers picked three, um, if, they, if it was like the same one, two, three, it would have been McDavid, Eichel, and the third one was Dylan Strom. <clears throat> imagine if the Oilers got Dylan Strom. Dylan Strom, by the way, just got traded yeah. to Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> um, There's a would, bit of a drop-off there between the first yeah. and the second and, <laughs> and, and the third there. Hey? Yeah, the fourth was Mitch Marner, by the way. So, I mean, Mitch Marner would have been good to the Oilers as well. But at the same time, he's no Connor McDavid. No. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So Jack what, Eichel is no Connor. Absolutely. No one is Connor. We'll talk about Jack Eichel in a bit. Um, but at the same time, McDavid is... Uh, He's he's a world changer. He's a he's he's a stunner, and like uh, he came back with in St. Louis, and he had a really good game, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, fired up. So we'll see. Yeah, Kajula is now on the IR. I missed this. You caught it. I don't yeah. really know what's going on with him. Let's um, see here. Let's see here. Let's. But see here. I know he was on the IR. Was, it's disappointing because it's like he's had 
kind of a good year. I really like Kajula. Yeah. I think Kajula's game is really well suited to Ken Hitchcock. Yeah. Uh, and the way that Ken Hitchcock wants the team to play, right? Yeah, I and think I, so too. So I think that, like, anyway, it's disappointing he's in IR. Hopefully it's not for an extended period of time. And I'm going to find out like exactly how much, how long Kajula is for here. Um, injured hand. Uh, so this is uh, what Gregor said. Uh, Drake Kajula will get an MRI on his hand today. There's concern that this could end up being more than short term. He won't play this weekend. He has one of the few depth guys scoring, so losing him is not ideal at this time. It makes it worse than he got injured in practice during a reaction time drill with players seeing who could grab the glove in the ice the quickest. Seems like a pointless drill to me, of course. You know, throwing, <laughs> your, throwing your comments there, Gregor. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, in the sense they recalled uh, Cooper Merity. During a reaction time drill yeah. with players seeing who could grab the glove on the ice the quickest. So it was like they, they had like it was basically like testing reflexes, right? So they just had that glove in there and it's like trying to grab it as fast as they can. So I'm sure it was like two guys trying to grab a glove at the same time oh. and trying to grab it out. So I'm sure like Kajula like tried to like grab the glove and probably hit his hit his hand on the ice and something. busted it up. Busted it up or something. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. okay, Gregor. I love uh, <laughs> Coach Gregor putting in his yeah. two cents in there. That's not pointless <laughs> Uh, in that sense, they recall Cooper Merity uh, and have activated Valentin Saikov, who played a couple games, right? Yep, he did. He did, including uh, he had some good rushes in the game uh, against Minnesota, too, uh, which is exciting, right? Like, I think yeah. he, uh, he's that, that's why they brought him in, um, to see what he can do. And they always are tinkering with that, that fourth line and always playing around with what, uh, you know, like I said, lots of competition in that for that spot on the ice and he seemed to be playing well as well too and there seems to be a little bit of chemistry with ratty right now yeah yeah i like the way the valentine cycle is being playing i like i said i really like that pickup for the waiver wire um he had some situations of trying to trying to get through the country i think that that's why he, they oh interesting I yeah that's why that. that's why it took him a week to actually play darn immigration <laughs> that <laughs> well it, w- it is a turning style immigration here in yeah, canada yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you just go in and out no problem turn style immigration so i mean that's it for news I-, I don't know if there's anything else that we can talk about no right? luchich almost scored this week he almost scored he hit a goal post <laughs> oh my god how long has it been i feel so bad it's been like 100 feel, plus I games i feel bad for milan luchich i do <laughs> I do. It has not been a hundred plus games, but it, it has, been. has been. Has it been? No, it, no, no, no. It's no not. Way. It's been. He scored in the game. Open, he's getting the opener, and that's yeah. it. That's his only goal this season. But yeah. he's he's not scored in North America in over a hundred plus games. Oh, I see. Okay, all right, all right, all right. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot. He's over in North America, right? Yeah. Now. <laughs> Maybe we should go to Europe. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? That line is getting lots of chances. They're playing well. They've stuck together basically since Ken Hitchcock got here. The identity line, mm-hmm. which everyone mm-hmm. likes to make fun of the name of, but you know, is slowly kind of catching on. So yeah, can't he's complain been, about that, right? Abradziak, Lucic, and Kaskin. Kaskin's been playing well. Right. Cassian's been playing well, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, like, and Kyra moved up to the second line, which was interesting to see yeah, in the game against playing Minnesota. well there, too. Another big body. I think that's interesting. <laughs> Chase on in the first line. It's pretty good. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. You want Ty Ratty in there, don't you? I don't know what I want in there. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, let's move into the... Jordan Eberle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't, 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 Taylor Hall. Don't tempt me. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it, Elliot. <laughs> okay, let's get into our big topic. Uh, coming up, it'll be Savers versus Oilers. All right, Elliot. 
Yes. Where were you on the 2015 draft? Like when we got the pick or when we actually we picked got Connor the pick when we got the lottery i was at uh famoso downtown yeah watching the tv there as like i was waiting for my pizza to be delivered yeah. oh really yeah it was weird it was like i i didn't hadn't plan on like watching it by any means <laughs> mm-hmm. i was like oh, i'll follow on twitter and i was like there's no way that we're gonna get this so it's like yeah. whatever and then and i'll, I'll never forget like it was at Famoso, and the TV was on, but the sound was off. So, I don't know if you remember, but it's like they had the gold yeah. background, yeah. right? And I remember seeing the gold background and being like, oh, that's weird. Um, that's weird. Why would? Why is that one different? Is that, did we win, or did we move up? Or, and I was like, if we won, does that mean we move up to one or two? Because I think we were supposed to be picking three, right? Or four? We were picking three, yeah. And so it was like, well, if we're going to... Does that mean they move up to two, or does that mean they move up to one? And then... And then and, and it was like, and obviously I was doing the thing, everyone's right. freaking out. And when you watch the clip, like people are talking about it and blah, blah, and you'd understand it. But because it was silent, I had no idea. And then I just saw <laughs> they went to the draft board and the Oilers win, went from three up to two. And I was like, no. And then it went up to one. I was like, oh my God. And everyone in the restaurant was like, oh my God, no way. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is, I was like, I hadn't planned on being anywhere special for that moment, but I just like, it ended up being like, oh wow, I'm like here to see this kind yeah. of thing live. Yeah. What about you? I was at home. I was, I, I was just about to go to a family dinner, and I think it was it was uh, myself and like my sister, and my brother in law, and like my my mom and dad, and I was just like, okay, you have to wait a half an hour so I can watch the lottery. I told them that, <laughs> and then I watched it at home. I like screamed when I when we won, <laughs> and. And then I immediately like called my brother in law. He's like, "Oh my god, did you watch this?" And he's like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this happened." <laughs> like we were talking about. I'm not it gonna all lie. The way. Like, I was like, "Oh now how are the others gonna screw up this?" <laughs> <laughs> and it was like it was so. One of my favorite things to do um, is to go back and to watch those reaction videos, those Connor McDavid reaction oh, videos yes. of like Oilers fans and like other non-Oilers fans yeah. of like watching the reaction. And there was like that subset. Of, there was a really funny one of those like sixteen and seventeen-year-old kids in Toronto. That oh were yeah, that one so upset. That one is that's my so favorite. Funny. That, that one like brings me joy. There's also like, and I also send this to some of my friends. There's a, like an like an HB board one of like that draft. It was a bunch of Leafs fans, and you could see like it was just like message, 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 and then all of a sudden you see like one message is like as soon as they as the others go on to pick was like oh my god f this f this f this because <laughs> <laughs> they all thought Toronto was gonna win. Uh, the reason why I wanted to bring up the 2015 draft was because um, the next, like, I don't know if you remember that year, but the Buffalo Sabres were really just tanking. Well, they tanked for McDavid. So bad for, for, for Connor McDavid, and he didn't get it. But they did um, get Jack Eichel yeah. in that draft, and I think it was one of the start of their own specific rebuild. I mean, the Oilers are still going through that kind of struggle. I don't know if we're going to, we can talk about if they either succeeded the rebuild, they're in the rebuild or not. But um, at the same time, the Sabres have been on a long time since they they were relevant in the NHL in, the, in regards to being uh, a powerhouse. I remember when they were a powerhouse. I remember when in 20, 2006, when the Sabres lost to Carolina. Yeah. 
And I mean, the Sabres had a really good team that yeah. year, and I think they were just injured, and that that's the only reason that they lost to Carolina that year. Absolutely. So I mean, the Sabres have been going through the same kind of struggles that the Oilers have, um, and it was very indicative. So it's a good trajectory to see where the Oilers and Sabres are in regards to where they're at. A lot of people are being saying the Sabres have been having a really good season this year. A lot of people have been saying the Sabres have been doing better than the Oilers. What do you think? Well, I think they have been doing better than the Oilers. I don't know if their rebuild is necessarily better or more successful. I mean, the Oilers made the playoffs two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, like, I mean, I, so, but then they've also had taken a major step back last year as well, and they're going through now a new coach and a new sort of uh, relationship. I mean, the I think when you look at the what's intriguing about the Buffalo Sabres lineup is that it's actually quite young. Yes, um, it is, and. I think that that's interesting that they're having success with younger players. They're certainly, from a rebuild perspective on that, they're certainly doing better than the Edmonton Oilers in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, their team is younger and their younger players are more successful. But the Oilers also went in a different direction and have different commitments. I mean, uh, I think who's their second best player? Sam Reinhart? Jeff Skinner, maybe? I mean, like, Jack Eichel is their best player. Yeah. I would say maybe Skinner, and then you have someone like um, that Rosmus Dahlin would yeah. make, would be, probably make it up yeah. there. Um, I think that's probably their two best. I mean, their three, their top three is Jack Eichel, Skinner, and Dahlin. Yeah. Um, so I mean, like for me, I was like, you know, I take I take Drysaddle over Skinner every day. Yeah. I'd take Nuge over Reinhardt. I think yes, um, <laughs> for sure, right? For sure. I mean, maybe they're a little bit stronger on the back end, but I still like Oscar Clefbaum and Darnell Nurse over Rasmus uh, Dahlin. Maybe not over Dahlin, but Zach Bogosian is their other number one defenseman. So yeah, I know. <laughs> like, let's. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's cool it here a little bit. I mean, I think that this it's an interesting debate, but I don't know. It's it's a bit like comparing apples to oranges because the teams have done this in so many different ways. And, yeah, and, and like I think you know what I the, the reason why there there is this conversation being had is because Buffalo won ten straight games this year, but no one was having this conversation two years ago, and the Amtunas made the uh, were one game away from the conference finals. Right, and that's a, that's a that's a good point. That's a really good point to make because like if we wouldn't be having this conversation if the if the Sabers are not doing well right now. But I'm just looking at this lineup, and I'm you're saying it's apple to oranges, but I'm like I'm looking at this, I'm like I see very very high similarities of what the Oilers have done with what the Sabres have done. So Jack Eichel is their Conor McDavid comparison, right? Sam Reinhardt is their uh, Nuge comparison. Like, And you're right. Like, I think Nuge is better than Reinhardt. I don't know what Reinhardt's doing. Skinner is the same. was the same draft as uh, Taylor Hall. Um, as you remember, I don't know if Skinner won the Calder over Taylor Hall that year. Uh, Middlestat is a rookie. Um, you could say he's like the Pugliarvi or even the Yamamoto uh, a comparison in this regards. Um, Kalik Poso is the Milan Lucic, the high, the person that they signed for a lot of money yeah. <laughs> for no reason. It's playing on their identity it's playing line. on their identity <laughs> line, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, Rasmus Ristolainen is their Darnell nurse. Um, like, Rasmus Dahlin, I mean, I think... Clef bomb, I guess. Is their Clef bomb, right? I mean, it's, it, but I mean, I think Dahlin is better, but at the same time, I think I love Clef. Um, and then you can go back even to their goalies. Like, Linus Olmark is their Koskinen. Uh, they don't have a Cam Talbot there. That's the only, like, they're very similar in regards to their lineup. But Interesting. I mean, except for Jeff Skinner. I think Jeff Skinner is that difference maker in that team. Um, I really do. I think that, like, I think Jeff Skinner was completely underrated in that, in, 
and how um, Carolina just kind of dumped them. Yeah, yeah, and he, now he's playing top line minutes. I guess that's fair, but I mean, then his comparison to the Edmonton Oilers would be Leon Draisaitl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say that. I mean, I think you know the team is. It's it's half of it's about. Like, I don't know what they're... I'm interested to see what their cap hits are like and what they're going to be able to do at the deadline in order to sort of, like, what's that piece that they're missing that's going to push them into the next level in the playoffs mm-hmm. um, and what that looks like. But, you know, a team gets hot. We're, we're 20 games into the season. A team gets hot. Like, I think that they're a playoff team for sure. I think so, too. But I don't know that the, that Buffalo... Like, the, 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 the league is so close... That that ten game winning streak probably means that they end up in the playoffs, but I don't know that they're going to be able to continue the success at the rate that they have they are playing throughout the rest of the year, right? Right. And um, if you look at the Eastern Conference and the Atlantic, so Lightning, as obvious as you've seen that they're they're hundred and no, no, not hundred and twenty four. They're forty seven points. Um, the Leafs are forty one points. The Sabers are thirty eight points, right behind them. The Bruins are thirty four points, and the Canadians are thirty. Is that the points. best division in hockey? It's got to be. <laughs> it's got to be. Hey, like I mean, Wings, Senators, Panthers, are blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like these five are. I mean, the Canadians you can like give or take, but like Bruins, Sabers, Leafs, Lightning. That's a damn good top yeah, four right there. Absolutely. And any of these four teams could easily, easily be top in that division. Um, I mean, Bruins just recently lost Bergeron for a long period of time. That's that's a bummer for them. Um, at the same time, the Oilers, if you look at their lineup, they're fifth in their division right now. Um, 32 points. The Flames are top with 40 points. Again, this is catchable. Um, 33 for the Knights, 35 for the Ducks, and 35 for the Sharks. The Oilers could easily move up with, with wins, a couple losses here, could move up to second, no problem. Um, so this is yeah they're within striking distance of second for yeah sure. and they've got the flames this week as well which is basically like a four point game yeah I mean I I, I think they're equitable I think the others have had more success since their rebuild mm-hmm. uh, or since they're you know having drafted their like generational star if you want to say it, let's say it that way um, yeah yeah I mean if you if you want to talk about like who's had a terrible rebuild I mean you could say the Edmonton Oilers have been rebuilding for like twelve years thirteen years <laughs> and that means it's yeah. bad right it's so. Bad. Like, but more recent history, I got to give it to. I, I, I think it's closer than what people will say, and I think it, you know, a ten-game winning streak. I mean, even if you go seven and three instead of you know ten and zero, oh, uh, that means that they probably drop in their division too. And yeah. I think a ten-game winning streak for any team, even the best team, even the Lightning, for example, mm-hmm. is not something that you can ever come to expect or even like think is possible. Because yeah. the parity's just there's so much parity in the league now. Absolutely, absolutely, there is, and I mean that, that Atlantic division is super tight. And I mean, we're talking what is it, thirty eight to thirty five? That's the difference between Severs and Oilers. Yeah, I mean that's they're thirty two and thirty eight, so that's six points. Yeah, they're separating that's those two. Three, teams. The, the, that's three more wins in that ten game streak, right? Yeah, exactly. So and I mean, let's not forget the Oilers also had a time this this year where they went they won one game in seven. Mm-hmm. So they they had like a rough stint for a bit too, and they had a tough stretch of those first few games yeah. the Oilers did. Yeah, right? they've like, had a really tough schedule. They've played less games than a lot of teams in the league. Although they're starting to catch up now. Yeah, I think we're up to twenty nine. Yeah, twenty nine, and, and the I, and the Sabers are to thirty. Yeah, so you know, and then there's teams that are up to thirty one. So I think, and they play, but again, that's like this week is another tough week, and it's going to be it's hard to keep up. You can't. Yeah. Everyone's getting points all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it, there isn't a whole lot of parity. The Oilers nearly need to like like 
put the put the metal pedal to the metal here. Um, I think they can easily be in second, easily. You no, know, like like they can be able to even like the sharks. Like the sharks are a damn good team, and they're in striking distance. Um, so I mean, that's that's good to say that, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. So. I mean, the Oilers and the Savers, I wouldn't say what's Rebuild's better. I think they're comparable. Like, they're looking at it like a little I think bit more. They're comparable, yeah. Very critically, they're yeah. very comparable. Um, the one thing that I do like about the Savers is getting Jeff Skinner. I think getting Jeff Skinner for, I don't remember the trade, but it was a. It, it was a good trade for Skinner, right? Oh, it's ended up working out really well for them, right? And I think you're going to – whereas the Sabres, you know, maybe the one difference is that in those sort of big deals, the Sabres have ended up on a better, um, you know, the better side of those trades than the Oilers have. Um, but Shirelli's a work-around-the-edges kind of guy, and we know that about him. That's his strength, and that's, his, that, that's, that's you know, why the Oilers are built the way that they are. And, you know, I think it yeah. makes sense, right? I mean, like, they gave up – Cliff Poo and three draft picks. It wasn't in a first as well. Um, so I mean, that's a damn good trade to trade for Jeff Skinner. Like like I said, Jeff Skinner is very comparable to someone like like Taylor Hall. And uh, yeah, yeah. I totally. mean, if the Oilers can get can pull off a really good trade like that, I think they're in. They're we're moving into the Oilers being uh, to a good to really good team, right? So that yeah. I think that's that's what they need right now, and I hope. That's they. I really hope either Shirelli or somebody can just pull off a really damn good trade like that. Well, you know I think what, what the Oilers need is something pretty substantial <laughs> at the deadline, right? And I wonder if it's not a goalie going the other way. Yeah, one of our goalies going the other way. I think so too. I think that either Talbot or Koskinen might be traded very soon here. So not a no soon, but like that's that's what the wins are looking in for. that area. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, that is it for our 104 show. Yeah, it's a quiet week this week. I mean, you notice how things have kind of quieted down since Hitchcock was hired? Yeah. You know, like there's less controversy. There's less uh, drama. The team is playing well. So they're playing good. It's interesting. (laughs) There's sort of a lull right now in terms of news and notes and, and kind of what's going on. And I think a lot of that is just that Ken Hitchcock has settled down everyone from the media straight through to the team. And that's good. Yeah, I think so too. I think that's I, it's a calming presence that he that he brings, and I'm being, being pleasantly surprised with Hitchcock in the way that he, he thinks he speaks. He's very much a forward thinking coach, which I really appreciate, and I did not expect that. Well, from he's Kim probably Hitchcock. reinvented himself. He's had to reinvent himself several times to be the best for as long as he was, and you can kind of see why. Like he just. His capacity to change. I mean, some things stay the same. You know, he's always going to play. He's always going to have a team that's incredibly defensive-minded, and, and, right. and that, that's their strength. Um, and you're starting to see that out of the Edmonton Oilers, finally. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, he's modified, you know, that reaction drills to picking up gloves. Like, you know, who would have thought that that was valuable? <laughs> I mean, pointless drill. Pointless drill. <laughs> <laughs> and also, before we before we leave, I have to I have to give a shout. Like we, I haven't talked about Mike David a lot, but man, he had some two amazing goals this he week. Was fired up against <laughs> Minnesota too when yeah. he scored that first one. Uh, the one, yeah, like the the one you were talking about about your NHL nineteen yeah. trailer. <laughs> like that, like 
it was he was good this week. He was good, and that shootout goal he had against St. Louis was just like was yeah. like butter. Yeah. It was straight butter. Him and Nuge both had just oh, so such amazing, goals. amazing goals. Anyways, best player in the league. I'm so happy we have him, uh, and I'm so happy we're here, and we're so happy we have us together as well too. Every Sunday, I'm so, I'm so happy to have you. Herman. Oh, me too, Elliot. <laughs> 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 that is it for this week. This is 104 Podcast. Elliot, where can people find you? At Tanti Y-E-G. And you can find me at German, not German, on Twitter. And you can find the 104 on anywhere you find your favorite podcast. So we'll see you next week. Have fun. <laughs>